Good morning. The morning KLH is rolling. We've got Jason Wildy right now, our green and gold insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Wildy and Tausch on ESPN Radio. And when it comes to the Packers, he is our war daddy. Um, <laughs> Jason Wildy, good morning and welcome to the show. How you doing? What a weird phrase that was. It huh? was. We he's actually a dog. He's we, a war daddy. Yeah, he's a dog. He's a war daddy. So we looked it up. Yeah. We actually looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. Uh, war daddy, it says, is a rather large physical appearance, partaking in sports, usually American football, typically demolishing all in front of him, and has a hat size larger than eight. A war daddy must also have sufficient amounts of chest hair to keep him warm in the winter. So <laughs> Just weird. So... I think you learn something new every day. Uh-huh. Jaden Reed must be the thinnest, fastest war daddy in history, but he's a war daddy, according to Matt LaFleur. That's what Matt LaFleur called him. So um, this team is only a game and a half out of the playoff picture. Oh, yeah. How shocking is that? Yeah, I got into a little uh, disagreement with Uncle Homer after the game about the fact that uh, this is how the pendulum swings in an NFL season. And I was reminiscing about the 1999 season when Ray Rhodes took over for Mike Holmgren, and they were terrible, and yet they were still seven and eight going into the last game of the season, and there was still it was a crazy path. They needed like three different teams to lose, and they needed a point differential with like the Carolina Panthers, and it didn't happen, but it could have. Mm-hmm. Even a team that was as bad as that team was, and so. It is, it is wild. And what happened with the Vikings blowing that lead and losing uh, in Denver helped the Packers' chances. Now, again, I think they're going to have a tough time on Thursday. I think they're obviously going to have a tough time with Kansas City, but Kansas City's not invincible on December 3rd. So, uh, look, the most important thing before we get ahead of ourselves, myself included, is that they took a moral victory-type game in Pittsburgh, where I believe Jordan Love played his best game of the year, right. and it was really encouraging, and parlayed that into a really good performance and a win. You know, and I, I asked both Jordan and Matt LaFleur this after the game, like, you know, how different is it when you're able to do all the things, essentially, that you did in Pittsburgh, but you actually come out on the right side this time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a completely different feeling. I don't care if you're a seventh grade girls basketball team or you're the green bay packers it's really hard to keep thinking oh trust the process we're getting better we're getting better and not have any results and they got the results and you could just tell how much it meant to them okay so then they take that game last week and then the game and then there's those improvements so how much time on this short week do they spend watching the film before they move on to having to play the lions yeah very little uh they did not get to uh celebrate and feel good about themselves for very long, which is probably not the worst thing for a young team either, yeah. right? Like, you know, it's good that they have to refocus immediately so they don't get too uh, happy with themselves. Now, I do think it's important to point out the flip side of this, which is if the Los Angeles Chargers uh, knew how to do one of the very very simple things that football teams need to do, catch the ball, uh, I think we're probably having a different conversation today, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the margin of error in the NFL. I mean, you think back to that uh, comeback win that they had against New Orleans in week three. Oh, they went 18-17, to 17, but New Orleans has the ball with like a 46-yard field goal to take the lead back, and they missed the field goal. I mean, this is, 
this is how the NFL is. It comes down to four or five plays, and whether it's Keenan Allen dropping a touchdown on the goal line or it's Quentin Johnston, the guy who dropped that pass at the end there where they were trying to rally to come back right. and at least tie or maybe win the game, those are just colossal mistakes. And the Chargers coach, Brandon Staley, completely lost his crap at the uh, media yesterday after the game. So there's a lot of frustration there, as well there should be. But for one week at least, it's not the Packers who are frustrated. I'd like to introduce a new segment to the program. Jason Wildey introduces the Packers that will be running backs for this Thursday's <laughs> game. Do we even know who's going to be backing up A.J. Dillon Thursday? Well, they've got a guy that's on the practice squad. Uh, his last name is Merriweather. Um, I know you're very, you're, you've got his jersey already. Uh, he is an undrafted free agent uh, who played at UMass that they picked up a couple weeks ago on the 6th of November to add to their practice squad. They had a guy named James Robinson who, Mar- Marcus, you're a big fantasy football guy. He probably was on your team a few years ago. Yeah, but about three when, years ago, yeah. Yeah, and he had a 1,000-yard season as a rookie. Uh, they cut him to make room for Mr. Merriweather, who I'm calling him that because I can't remember his first name right now. Ellis or something like that. That tells you where they're at at the position. Um, but yeah, they're, this is not an ideal situation, to say the least. And, um, you know, I think the good news is, is that Aaron Jones appears to have avoided the potential major injury because I have to be honest, as he was leaving on the cart, with a towel covering his face, uh, I thought maybe that was the last we're ever going to see of Aaron Jones in a Packers uniform. And fortunately, it appears that it's not going to be long-term, but with a short week, there's uh, probably no way on God's green earth that he's going to be able to turn around the right play. Okay, I can't believe I'm saying this, but is it now time to give props to Goody on these young guys? The tight ends looked good. The wide receivers looked great. Jordan Love looked great. I mean, maybe Goody actually knows what he's doing. No. Um, Look, there's still going to be more growing pains. But I've, you know, we talked about this last week. I love Dontavion Wicks. Uh, He's just got something about him. I really like Jaden War Daddy Reed. He's got something about him. And, yes, I think it looks like those two guys look like the real deal. Right? right? Here's the problem. We were, on this very program, right around a year ago at this time, we were talking about how star-spangled awesome Christian Watson looked, right? Mm-hmm. During yeah. a four-game span where he was drawing comparisons and was doing things that only one player had done in NFL history, and that player was Randy Moss, who was a pro football Hall of Famer. Um, and now look at him, right? Now, he did have a touchdown catch yesterday, so he did have a contribution but he was MIA for most of the game. This, this is a hard league. It is hard to do things well consistently. I'm not saying that any of these guys are going to go from the penthouse to the outhouse, but there's still plenty more ups and downs ahead in this season, and we're probably going to see some on Thursday. And I just look at the end of that schedule, though, and as I've been saying all year, there's a real possibility that they can do what the 2000 and the 2006 teams did, where they finish really strong and it serves as a springboard into the next season. There's no doubting the talent that Goody has put together with these young guys. The problem is, is that young guys 
they, they have some good moments, and then they have to figure out how to sustain that in this league. And they are nowhere near having reached the point where we know that they can do that. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like the injuries this season across the NFL are just many more than in years past. And so with the with this short turnaround time between Sunday and Thursday, is that such a good idea? It, no, but it makes a lot of money, and that's really what matters, right? Okay. Like the NFL yeah. basically took the idea of Thanksgiving and then made it all year round. Let's be thankful for Thursday night football so mm-hmm. we can have an extra day of television and Amazon can pay us a fortune, right? And so, no, from a perspective of player health and safety, no, of course it's not a good idea. But they've they played Thanksgiving games for, you know, 50-some years. And so that part I've, is, has always been part of the deal. The issue that I have, I've never liked Thursday night football, but and yet I turn it on and watch it, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm writing and I'm sitting around and Paul and the girls are already in bed, that's what I'm watching. So it works. But you're right. From a player safety perspective, it's a terrible idea. It's not not a good thing for those guys. But, uh, again, I I do like Thanksgiving. I have spent a lot of Thanksgivings in Detroit. Uh, Not The last time they played Thanksgiving in Detroit, I was still traveling, which was in 2013. Spent some Thanksgivings in Dallas. Uh, I will say this. The best Thanksgiving dinner I've ever had was at the Weston Airport Hotel inside the Detroit Airport. Uh, I highly recommend their turkey if you're uh, traveling on Thanksgiving. Okay, it's a no. Thank you. So as we continue to see Matt LaFleur try new wrinkles with the offense, one thing that he did try, we have a new offensive line rotation now, huh? Yeah, they. well, at least uh, at left tackle. The Sean Ryan experience at right guard only lasted one uh, one series, but I don't know if they plan on expanding that or not, but yeah, that you know, what's the old saying? If you if you say you've got two quarterbacks, you've actually got none. Um, I think they probably feel like at those two positions, neither one of the guys are good enough to merit having it full time, and now they're starting to try and experiment. So it is funny, Marcus. Like a couple weeks ago, this is how fickle this league is, and I don't mean Luke fickle. Like Matt Lafleur was an idiot, right? Like people are losing faith in him, and there's people saying that he's been he's got the next highest odds to be the next coach fired. And you win a game, and then we're kind of looking at it going, hey, there were some really good designed play calls in that game, right? Like the touchdown to Watson. Jordan Love told us that that Lafleur drew that up on the sideline based on what they had seen on an earlier play in the game. Like wow. that's that's good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so. It's just, like I said, it's just the pendulum swings so wildly, and, and it's just it's not, it's not tailored for my personality because I just I, I, I want people to understand so badly how this just is such a week-to-week league. And I, I'm glad people are excited today. That's a good thing, right? It sure, sure beats the alternative that we've been experiencing and talking about for, for so many weeks. Five of the last six weeks they had lost. But it, there's more growing pains coming and probably more good moments, too, and then we'll all see where they are at the end. All right, Jason, thank you, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday getting ready for the Lions game. Thanks for the time and the insight. I look forward to it. All right, everybody, take care. Be good. You too, Jason Wilde. He is our Green and Gold Insider. 
three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of Willie and Talish on ESPN Radio, and brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call them at 866-992-1717 or mrhollandshomeservices.com. Also brought to you by DJ's Transmissions and Milwaukee Muscle Cars and Restoration. Now buying vintage minibikes and muscle cars. Visit them online at djstransmissions.com. Jason Wildey, part of the morning KLH.